Hey everybody, Sam Davies here. Welcome to another episode of Humans Aren't Robots, the podcast where we delve into the human side of tech and business. It has been a crazy couple of weeks for everybody here on planet Earth, and uh, we have put aside our usual schedule of podcasts to take some time to reflect ourselves, especially from a, a business perspective, and, and try and get some solid footing so that we can try and walk this difficult path ahead um, and take the time to have some conversations that are more focused around how we can help immediately um, as so many businesses around the world are being majorly impacted by the economic ramifications of COVID-19. So on that note, I sat down and had a conversation with the boys from HT Capital, Tim Hudson and Michael Tate. HT Capital is one of our partners. They are a boutique finance broking and consultancy firm located here in Adelaide. They spend a lot of time talking to SMEs um, about lending and debt um, and have some really great insights into you know, the current economic environment and also the stimulus packages that have been offered by the federal and state governments at the moment. That was my primary interest to sort of just have a conversation as small business owners ourselves and how these stimulus packages are going to potentially benefit and help uh, lessen the burden of what is happening out there. So we dove straight in and started talking around that. Um, I'll, I'll put a caveat in there that, you know, this is just a casual conversation and you really should be seeking advice. I think that the key takeaway from this conversation was that even when things are going crazy and running a million miles an hour, this conversation was recorded three days ago, which already feels like a quite a long time in this 2020 compressed sort of COVID atmosphere. But even in these times, please do get good advice. Um, if you're making decisions around HR or lending or business, seek out the appropriate uh, professionals to discuss this with. But uh, without further ado, let, let's jump in with the boys from HD Capital and, and hear about how some of the, the options that are available from the government um, can help you and your business to, to get through these times. All right, thanks. Welcome to the Isolation Podcast, Tim and Michael. Thank you very much, Sam. <laughs> they've um, assured me that they've measured the distance between them. Yeah, we're 1.5 metres exactly. arm to arm and a bit more head to head. Separated by some hand sanitizer as well. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we, we, we actually just had a casual chat the other day, um, both being small business owners. So you, you guys are um, clients of ours, obviously, as well around, you know, how does a small business cope in times like this? You know, I, I think we'll just make it clear that the advice, especially the advice I'm giving is, uh, you know, just, just things that I'm doing personally. I've got some good advisors around me helping, um, but it, yeah, I definitely would. I definitely go and seek good advice um, outside, of, outside of me talking. And just just on that, Sam, I should also I should also touch on that we actually operate under a credit license as well. So we need to we need to give a disclaimer that uh, you know what we talk about today is just simply our opinion, uh, and and uh, you know it doesn't take any personal circumstances into consideration. So we uh, we will always recommend you go and seek professional advice. There is a lot of misinformation out there, so I I think what I've been trying to do 
you know, with my business hat on and just, you know, also personally is trying to sort of get a, a fairly sort of broad cross section of media. So you're not just sort of, you know, reading your Facebook wall. Um, so the number one thing I think that I've found, you know, quite quickly last week was the, the need to really go back and, and reflect on how the business is structured. What I've, what I've done over the last week is, is really dive into our sort of you know, cash flow position as of, as of today and, and looking at the pipeline over the next couple of months. So there's obviously lots of different businesses that are going to be impacted in different ways. We're in a fairly lucky industry, but um, what, what's your guys' thoughts on, you know, as a small business and, and you know, being one yourself, what was your sort of first, first port of call um, once you realized, you know, this, this lockdown was happening and, and we can start seeing that this is going to be longer than a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's Mike. So Mike, Mike's in charge of our everyday cash flow. My first port of call was a bottle of scotch and I, I worried a little bit about it. But uh, second port of call was to sit down with Mike and, and nut out the cash flow. So I'll, I'll let you I'll let you give a run out of what, what you went through. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I think for ourselves and for a, a lot of small businesses out there, um, you generally got a reasonable amount of confidence um, in your short-term pipeline and um, in normal times, maybe fair confidence in your long-term pipeline, but um, that confidence has deteriorated rapidly. So um, we went and prepared a, a number of um, budget cash flows based on a number of scenarios, assuming how, how bad does it get even down to... Um, doing sort of 25% of the normal amount of business that we do for 12 months. And, and like hopefully that's the, the worst case. I call that that doomsday budget. But, um, you know, what does that look like? Um, what are we in a position to personally tip in to, to keep things going, to protect our, our staff? Um, because we still need to be here to, to do what it is we're here to do, which is, is help our clients and, and work with people. Um, so really we worked through that um, and what costs or projects that we wanted to do on the business that we, we can push out for, for the time being. But ultimately, a big part of that and getting comfort for us with the worst case sort of scenarios was understanding what the current round of government stimulus for small business looks like for our business. I mean, this is one of those times where businesses that, that aren't budgeting or that, you know, don't have a good grasp on their numbers other themselves or with an, an accountant or an, a you know, financial advisor of some sort, um, you know, you, you do start scrambling and looking in and, and not understanding that. But if you can understand that, okay, what is going to cost us to operate at 75%, 50%, you know, 25%, hopefully it doesn't get to that, um, you can start making some decisions around, well, you know, how can we cut costs or um, look at other measures to, you know, stay buoyant throughout those projections. I, I probably should add as well, you know, our business, um, you know, we're, we're, we're very aggressive in business. You know, we, we've always invested and backed ourselves to chase that top line revenue growth. Um, so this is quite a, quite a change for us to, to actually have to sit down and take a step back and go, okay, well, the world's changed. We, our investment philosophy hasn't necessarily from a long-term perspective, uh, but, you know, the next 12 months is going to be tough. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's let's put our heads together and actually try and try and work out uh, how we can shape the business to be in the best position possible in that twelve in, in for, for twelve months time. Put our heads together, one point five meters. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. We kept, we kept <laughs> I've I've been saying elsewhere, but I think um, you know having that confidence and you know you, you need to 
you need to be agile and, and move with the market, whatever's happening you know, outside that's outside of our control. But there's still a lot of control that, that we do have as businesses. And I think staying positive and putting out positive messaging um, and, and, and still you know, servicing our, our clients as best we can is, is what you want to be doing. You, you definitely don't want to be panicking. And that's exactly right. And look, we're, our business is going to change over the next 12 months. It's, um, uh, you know, it's going to go from really being a deal center, a financial deal center, us, us pumping deals through lenders, uh, you know, our clients going out and, and acquiring properties and acquiring other businesses and acquiring assets, buying, you know, tippers, loaders, diggers, aircraft, all, all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, that's that's almost yesterday's business model for us now for the for the short term. Yes, we've got a few few transactions on the go that, that, that will that will proceed, but but now we, we really need to focus on us being an advice business and helping our existing client base and new clients get through this period with our expertise. And our expertise are around banks funding and money, ultimately access to cash. Um, I don't know, Michael, if, if you wanted to, I think there's quite a bit of confusion around the um, the payment of up to, well, it was 25000 initially, but now $100,000 for um, for companies um, from from the ATO. Do, do you want to go through um, how that works? Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, once again, going back, back to our, our disclaimer, this is my understanding of how it works, but I'd suggest that small businesses and people speak to, to their accountants about this. But um, this is the one that I'm probably most across for our circumstances because it's, it's the one that applies to us. So initially um, there was a, a stimulus package that was going to be based around um, the PayYG withholding component of an employee's salary primarily. Um, and it was going to be effectively over this six-month period, refunding 50% of PayYG withholding up to $25,000. It then got revamped less than a week later to be 100% of PayYG withholding um, for the six-month period. Um, and it's calculated slightly different ways depending on whether the business pays their PayYG withholding monthly or on a quarterly basis. Um, but it's effectively 100% over that period up to 50,000 and then that amount again split out over the next four months um, up to a maximum of 100,000 in total. So that's, you know, ultimately that there's for small businesses anywhere between 20,000 and $100,000 worth of support over the next eight months or so in terms of cash flow. But just you probably probably should comment on the structure as well. Sure. So mm. being a proprietary limited company as opposed to a sole trader is very important. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. So I think the support for sole traders will continue to evolve and, and emerge, but it is yeah, important to point out that you know sole traders aren't generally paying um PAYG withholding. And so from what I understand the support for them at the moment probably mirrors more so um, casual employees who have a, a reduction in, in work. That that essentially is going to come directly um, from the ATO. So, uh, you know, SMEs um, or anybody operating as, as a proprietary limited don't actually have to do anything to receive that. That 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 would just be a reduction or essentially, you know, the the removal of that POYG component. That's uh, that, that's our, our understanding um, for. Businesses that pay their PAYG withholding monthly, um, it seems as though they're going to ignore what's happened in January and February and base the first quarter on three times March. 
So if um, the March component has been a, a little bit higher, then there may be a, an actual cash injection from um, the ATO, I believe, to come 14 days after when the KYG holding was due. Uh, but in, in most cases, yeah, it'll just be that that component's not being being paid, which in reality could be, you know, 20 to 25, maybe even 30% of a business's employee costs during during this period. Probably, I probably just want to stress again, um, you know, the importance of a cash flow here. So we're talking through uh, what the stimulus is, but it's important that you, you, you get an understanding of, Every business gets an understanding of what they're entitled to under this under this package, and then sit down with your accountant and actually short-term cash flow the next couple of months, and uh, and and look at when these look at when these packages are likely to hit, and make sure that make sure you can keep the show going in between these payments. That's the, that, that's the main thing. Yeah, and a good example is um, some other businesses that are entitled to some of the stimulus in areas that have been really affected by. Um, lockdowns or, or lockouts or, you know, particular um, areas and, and hospitality comes to mind, you know. Um, travel. <laughs> travel. Yeah. But in the hospitality space, you've got cafes that can't have people eat there but they're now doing delivery, um, which is a, a good way to try to keep some cash flow going. Um, but they they need cash now and this cash will, or this support will come over time. So I think to reiterate Tim's comments, understanding your cash flow requirements in the near term and when this support is likely to so actually have a positive can. benefit, yeah. Yeah, um, it's really important because it's it's all well and good to have that support coming, but I, I do worry about a, a lot of small businesses out there that it's going to come too late. Having someone that's across those numbers in these times that you can just rely on and say, look, you know, I need to put together a, a projection with, you know, these, these variables is, is really important, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, look, and we, we um, Mike does, as I, as I alluded to, Mike does the day-to-day cash flow management and budgeting in our business. And it's a big focus for us uh, because just because of our, our, our work generally has a long lead time. So we carry a lot of weight and, it, you know, we can, we can be working on two or 300 grand worth of, worth of work. That, that we won't get paid generally for six to seven months. So, you know, we've got to fund that uh, throughout that period. So, you know, cash flow for us is, is vital. Having an understanding of that daily cash flow is vital. And then just to call out our, our accountants are great. They're uh, a crew Harris Orchard on Fullerton Road. Um, and uh, and they support us amazingly uh, on, on a day-to-day basis. Mike, Mike runs it from a from a day-to-day basis, but any queries, uh, he, he bounces off of the crew. So, that's a gratuitous plug there for a group. Nice. They are awesome. I think I think it's definitely good having someone within the business that, that has their head across it as well. Um, but yeah, having, having that support is, is really useful, even if it's just to get things set up initially. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so and probably, probably now's the time for sole traders to actually yeah. start to sit there and think about, is that the appropriate structure for them? You know, especially if they're growing. They're looking to expand. They need to be having that discussion with their accountant as well. Is it is it a time to move out of a sole trade? I mean, the, the horse is bolted on, on this lot of stimulus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't just change the price <laughs> limited and, uh, and get the uh, <laughs> and get the stimulus. Otherwise, it'd be run on uh, a run on those requests. But um, uh, but it, even even so, uh, it, it's probably probably a time for for some of those sole traders that that are growing really aggressively and quite large to, to sit down and, and start asking those questions and getting that advice. 
So um, there's been a lot of talk and I've seen some um, comms coming out from businesses uh, sort of trying to capitalize on this around the, um, around this talk of the, um, the loans. So essentially in my understanding, what's come out, they're saying that uh, the government's going to be um, backing 50% of the value of certain loans to increase lenders willingness to provide um, loans to businesses. Um, it's, it's not something I'm looking at personally, but I mean, I know you guys, um, know a bit more about this. I'd be keen to hear your thoughts from the financial institutions' perspectives, perhaps. Yeah, so on the commercial side, so there's there's two there's there's very much two different lines of communication. You've got the small business finance or the SME finance uh, that that have made these commitments, but then there's also the the retail side of things or the home loan side of things for people that are experiencing um, you know cash flow shortages and hardship. So on the on the business side, the, the banks, you've got to understand the banks have been beaten up from pillar to post from a reputational point of view since the Royal Commission. So they're very, they try to be very responsive and receptive to, to, um, to shocks in the market like this. Um, but, it, but it is a, it is a branding thing. So, so from a marketing perspective, they came out and all pretty much have the same position that they're going to look to provide up to a $250,000 line of credit for small businesses. And that's 50% government back uh, and then they'll also look to defer commercial loan repayments for up to a period of six months across a bunch of different products that they have out there um, and then they've also all committed to reducing interest rates uh, as at the start of March I believe across across a whole lot of products but I need to stress that um, the devil really is in the detail here that they've made these statements but they're still trying to work out how they actually implement and, and process uh, and roll out these statements throughout their, ultimately their distribution, their, their products. Um, so all the banks are different in that regard. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's still early days. And I think going back to what you said um, previously, looking at that, um, you know, that self-reflection and, and, and getting a good gauge of, um, you know, what the, the short term and, and then longer term future looks like from a business perspective is more important now than going out and trying to, necessarily borrow money oh, look, look we, we've had our, our phones have been ringing off the hook for clients are inquiring about what the banks are doing in this space and, and what's available um speaking around town to the bankers directly they're getting they're getting bombarded with requests to defer repayments um even from clients that typically probably haven't been impacted by by corona and, and, and Quite honestly, may not be impacted. Sure. Um, they're, they're viewing it as, a, as an opportunity to defer the repayments and, and, and build, build that war chest that you talk about. And, and our advice in this regard is to just just take a breath, hold back a little bit. Um, the banks aren't in a position to actually execute this at this point in time. Okay. Um, they will be probably in the next day or so or, or weeks, but we still don't know what implications a client has. You know, if the client defers their repayments, we don't know what implications uh, that has on them or their future borrowing capacity. So, if your business is reliant on funding, so if you if you need to go and buy um, capital equipment, uh, or uh, you know, so if you need to go and buy trucks, vehicles, uh, you know, tippers, uh, chainsaws, whatever, and you and you and you need to fund them on an ongoing basis and, and reinvest in your in your equipment. Um, taking a deferred repayment structure, we're not sure if you'll be able to defer your repayments for six months, and then go and, and then go and make these acquisitions and fund these acquisitions after that. Because there's an implication through some of these lenders of hardship as soon as you take 
as soon as you as soon as you put your hand up and yeah. say, I want that I want that package, uh, you are uh, you are flagging to the bank that you're you're under cash flow stress. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is an important thing to it's an important thing to know. But these tools are there; they're tools. They're, they're, they're tools for clients to use. But what we're saying is, don't just take them. Do do the work around your modelling and your cash flows, and work out if you need them, and keep keep them in your back pocket. Because if you don't need them now, and you need them in three or four months' time, and you de- then you defer repayments for six months. It's likely when you come out of it, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Whereas if you jump on it now, you might come out of it. Right in the middle of the uh, right in the middle of the hard the real hard times. Um, so yeah, and we we have a lot of clients that um, we feel are actually going to capitalise. You know, as, as bad as, as bad as it may sound, you know, that it may actually you know the current market they, they may actually capitalise in this in this current market. You, you buy it, they're in very strong positions. They've got very strong balance sheets. They you know they they look for opportunities, and if there's a fledgling business out there that they want to acquire uh, for for dollar cents in the dollar, or, or there's a you know, or you can go and get a, a semi new Mack truck for fifty percent. They, they're going to do it. So um, you know, to to hurt their ability to borrow funds to execute those strategies for the sake of a two hundred fifty grand loan, I think is silly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it just comes back yeah. to due diligence. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, it's not, um, and, and I guess the, the details coming out at the moment. So. If uh, if someone takes a, a two hundred and fifty grand partially government guaranteed loan, that may have a different implication to deferring payments. Um, Absolutely, due to yeah. due to hardship, uh, and to put it, I guess for for some of the people who will be tuning in that may not be as across these um, products, um, and another one to to look at. So with um, home loan. Repayments, the ability to defer them in most cases up to um, six months. Um, that's currently accessed through the bank's hardship line. And if people are experiencing hardship, it's there for them. And if but we do have some clarity that it provided people proactively communicate and they get back on track after that, it won't necessarily adversely impact their credit score. Um, but through comprehensive credit reporting, it will still be visible that this is, has happened. Um, and that that's understandable. It's okay to be on the front foot, but if I personally had deferred my home loan payments for for six months and then I make seven month payment, I wouldn't then expect another bank to immediately take me on with open arms because um, they're going to want to see a, a period of stability after people get through this period to be comfortable that they're back on track and, and okay. So. Um, as to reiterate Tim's comments, these they things are here for people that that need them, and and if you do need them, take comfort in that. But there's there's pros and cons to everything. So I think that the main thing is not just grab everything that's that's available, but you know take take the time to sit down, work it out, and you know chat to chat to whoever, chat to your accountant, chat to us, chat to to anyone um, about you know what's the the right way to go about it. Um, we're certainly working with some clients at the moment and sort of tailoring a more bespoke solution about when might be the right time for them to take um, advantage of these things if they need to. I think there's a nice analogy there to um, so around that sort of credit score to just from brand management as well. I, I think I think the same things in these times is um, you know really thinking clearly about how you want your business's messaging to go out to the world um, and and projecting. 
you know, that, that position of confidence or whatever, whatever it might be you decide to do, but you don't want to be, I've seen a lot of, especially in my world, a lot of people sort of, you know, very quickly trying to capitalize on this and, and putting out what I think is some fairly sort of icky kind of messaging, you know, trying to just, you know, short-term cash grab around, um, let's say, you know, social media from a, a, a business that has been impacted by the coronavirus. But then what, what's the what's the long-term impact of that, you know, in, in four months' time? So I think that, that you know, your, your reputation from a financial um, lender perspective mirrors that from a brand. It's all, and, and we we want our clients, and I'm not shy in saying this, we want our clients to be viewed by the banks as really strong. We work with strong clients that are aggressive, that are growing, and that that deliver what they say that they will deliver. Um, so we we really, you know, they, they, these tools are there. Our clients will take advantage of them. They, they, they definitely will, but it may not be... Yeah, we'll just take everything. It may be a case of okay, let's sit down, let's work through the cash flows, um, let's give let's give a bank a really understanding of the of the management uh, management decisions and the tools that we're using externally from them to, to support the business and prop up the business during this period. And if we need to, we might take take the ability of that two fifty back government uh, government backed uh, facility uh, just as a bit of bit of a cushion, but. Um, you know, that, that's a very, very different conversation with the lender than you getting on the phone and saying, hey, I want you to defer all my repayments and I want yeah. that 250 and I want you to defer my home loan repayments for indefinitely, for as long as possible. Um, because, you know, it's uh, your reputation, you're exactly right, Sam, reputation is huge in lending. And, uh, and if, you can be, if you can be seen at the end of this as, as having acted, acted appropriately, and, and had really strong financial management throughout this period, um, the lenders are going to look at you, you know, lovingly in, in 12 months' time as opposed to, as opposed to being a bit on the nose. Yeah. I, I like, and, and I like it when lenders look at me lovingly. Yeah, no one looks at you lovingly, mate, especially <laughs> lenders. <laughs> no, um, but I think also probably to, to follow up uh, Tim's comments there about... Um, we do, we do have quite a, a number of strong clients, but we also absolutely work with and value working with clients who aspire to be in that, that space. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, absolutely. So we don't have to be there yet. Absolutely. So we, we do with startups, um, uh, you know, yeah, we, young, young guys coming off the street, you know, with, with a vision, we'll, 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 get, we'll get in there and they're getting answered from day one all the way up to businesses that, you know, turn over a few hundred million dollars. So, um, and we view what we do as, uh, you know, having, having that experience across the broad, the broad spread of, of that kind of client base. We, we get our larger clients who have been through this process, you know, we leverage off them and, and, and allow and, and, and really ask them to really assist our, our, our smaller clients who have similar growth aspirations about how they're going to get there. Um, you know, so, yeah, we do, we do have services to, uh, to assist the, the, the broad spectrum of so, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, small and you're, you're struggling, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Absolutely. Still talk to you Absolutely. Still look out. You're probably bigger than us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were talking uh, before we started recording um, briefly around investment properties. So so my, my sister's in a position, her and her boyfriend have both lost their jobs over in Sydney. Um, she, she's seeking clarification as the, uh, as the renter. Um, you know, what, what options she has um, from their landlord if they're unable to, to pay rent. But Michael, you had some information from the, 
you know, from the investor's point of view, and I know a lot of small business owners do have investment properties. Um, if their tenants are coming to them and saying, you know, we, we, we can't pay rent, what, what, what options potentially do they have? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been, because we've got particularly on the, um, the home lending side, um, we deal with a, a lot of investors and um, I use the term sophisticated loosely because, you know, there is a specific benchmark for a sophisticated investor. But we've got a number of clients that have a, a number of properties and they've, they've been doing this for, for a while. So um, I've been paying attention to it. have been waiting with uh, more or less bated breath for the government to come out and say exactly what um, what they're proposing here. Um, they are talking about uh, potentially making it so that landlords can't evict tenants who aren't paying their rent during this period, um, which I mean, there's going to be a lot of tenants in in hardship and it would, it would be a terrible time for them to be, be homeless. But the same token, the government hasn't come out and said what that means for the landlords because a lot of landlords are not necessarily wealthy people. They're people that might own a home. They've decided to buy one investment property and that's their, their path forward. But they, they don't, you know, they, they don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank or that, that sort of thing. So um, I think we need to see what some clarity is there. Um, but from my understanding, there will be relief for renters and there will be some sort of relief for landlords, hopefully it's not just the six months of deferred homeowner payments. But um, yeah, so I was speaking to a client this morning and um, because he sent me a, a text message. His, um, one of his tenants, um, or I should say, say his tenant, um, called him personally um, to say, look, I don't think I can pay rent anymore. Um, my wife's lost her job and I don't think we can pay the rent. Um, so he called me to, to see what he could or should do about that. Um, now, he has some, some landlord insurance, but he hadn't spoken to them yet, and he has a property manager, but this conversation had happened directly between the tenant and the landlord. Okay. Um, so the challenge there is in the, in the absence of government support, which we don't know whether or not that's coming yet, um, he potentially will have some coverage from his landlord insurance for misread. Um, but they're going to have some specific requirements around that um, and he really needs the property manager involved in that, that also um, to make sure that things are done in the correct process in order to, to qualify. Um, so key advice around this, if you are a tenant who can no longer pay rent, there will be some clear guidance coming shortly but probably open communication with the property manager would be would be a good place to start rather than the landlord directly um, if you are a landlord make sure that you're involving the property manager who understands the legal aspects um, and that you're um, speaking to your landlord insurance provider but certainly also in Adelaide if, if people don't have a property manager um, right now this this would be the time to uh, to have one. Um, so we can also put um, a link if people don't have one and want to talk to someone to um, jump property. They're, they're a property manager that we recommend to, uh, to some of our clients um, just because they are professional and across the, the legal aspects, um, whereas some property managers would founder a little bit more hands-off. 
So, um, yeah, we'll chuck a link in there as well. But the main thing is, at the moment, um, communicate through proper channels. I think, I think just to add to that as well, this is going to have wider implications as well in the commercial space, especially commercial tenancy. Um, so the same way that an individual might lose their job and, and seek rent relief, um, you know, there's, there's businesses out there that are going to start to struggle and not be able to afford their, their lease commitments on their commercial yeah, properties. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the banks haven't spoken much about this yet, but, but ultimately there needs to be some, some clear guidance from the government about what a, a, uh, I guess a, an, an investor from a residential housing investor and a commercial investor, because there's individuals out there that own large chunks of commercial property that are leased investments. And if their tenants uh, come across hard times and they're, they're required by law to, if they were to be required by law to, to, to give concessions in, in, in this regard, ultimately that potentially could significantly reduce the value valuation of those properties too, which has huge implications on on what we do within in the lending space and funding appetite in the market. So there really needs to be some strong guidance from the government here. There's a lot more water to go under the bridge, um, but the key, and I know we're going on like a broken record about getting good advice, but you really need to if you're in this space if you're in if you're in the space of, of, of being a, a a residential property investor or a commercial property investor at the moment you you know you might have been in the game for a long period of time but, but this is you know there's this legislation that's likely to come out that's going to have implications that people haven't seen before so you need to be across that and you need to make sure that you're getting appropriate advice advice regarding that yeah across all levels i think so i think as a um you know, if you do have a commercial lease, then you know having that conversation, um, you know, with with your uh, with your landlord or whoever it might be through at this point, and then going up the chain, everybody sort of having that conversation. It would be nice if we had some uh, some clearer guidance from the government. That that would definitely help. Yeah, and, and probably um, one area that, and you're probably going to come to this soon, um, but I know we we're having a, a chat earlier around. Um, particularly for businesses that are, are needing to um, potentially wind back what they're doing on the staffing front, I think that's probably the nicest way you can, can put it, mm -hmm. um, is making sure that um, they're getting, getting sound HR advice um, because there's, there's going to be a right way to do things and there's going to be a whole lot of nearly right way to do things. Um, and I think in this time, more than ever, it's important to do things the right way. Um, so certainly we've been having active communication um, with, just before this started, we've managed to um, recruit a, a really, really good staff, staff member to start um, in June. Um, now, perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, um, now we, we've had it really good open honest conversations with, with that person and they're we're all comfortable they're they're working elsewhere at the moment and we're comfortable that we're, we're going to sit back and adopt a wait and see approach um but that start date has become quite rubbery um but through that time um we've taken um that and the staff members been been really um mature about that as well which has been great um but we've taken advice from our hr advisors um, on that and uh, just to make sure that 
we're meeting our commitments to our to our people or future people. Um, because I think that's really really important. So I think on our end that might be one last gratuitous plug for uh, yeah. Laurie Bolton at Workplace Horizons. But um, he's he's been fantastic, and since I embarked as a, a small business. Um, nearly five years ago, um, he's been instrumental to helping us continually do the right thing uh, with our staff. Yeah, so when it comes back it comes back to reputation, Sam, too, that, yeah. that, that you touched on. You know, we we want we want our business to be viewed as uh, you know as a desirable place to work. We want people to seek us out that want to work with us. We want a fun environment, and we want we want the best people to work for us, and we're prepared to pay for the best people. So. Uh, but it's a reputational thing for us too. So we need to make sure we're doing everything, everything by the book with regards to HR, uh, and, and that we're looking after, we're looking after our, our stuff. I'll just add in from my perspective, and this is this is my advice, you know, outside of you know crazy times like this as well. But transparency is really important, I think, with your team. So I think if you want to build a good culture and, and build a you know a business where people do you know want to come and work. Um, you know, having those open chats with people. So I think I think one thing about the situation we're in now, like everybody's in in the same boat. It's it's not like certain people. I mean, obviously some businesses have been impacted more than others, but um, across the board, um, we are being impacted. So getting your team and having a conversation um, once you've done those cash flow projections about you know what this what does this look like from a um, you know in in reality, so that there will be some tough decisions that business owners are having to make and are already making. But, um, you know, talking to your team. So one of the things that we're doing initially is, you know, getting some, some team members to take holiday leave um, that, you know, has, has accrued. Um, I think actually having one-on-ones with team members about their um, personal situations too. You, you might find that some people with their um, kids at home now might actually be willing to go down to part-time or, or take a few days out of their schedule. So you, you might not have to make those sort of, you know, big redundancy um, decisions at this point. Um, and and really just sort of you know keeping the dialogue open between between everybody. Yeah, spot spot on, Sam. I think um, well, ho- hopefully everyone who's who's working are uh, more or less more or less adults. And um, I think it's all if if it's if it wasn't obvious to people kind of the magnitude of what's going on at the moment a couple of weeks ago, um, it, it should be now or, or shortly. Um, so I think. Everyone's expecting to be having the, these conversations, and the, the worst thing a, a business owner can do is just secret squirrel where where the business is at. Um, but actually, just be be open, as you said, and um, and that does does a lot for um, for, for staff. If the, if you're not sharing um, uncomfortable news, they're fearing that it's worse. Yeah, definitely. You know? so, <laughs> Um, and if you are open consistently and honest consistently um, in tough times like this, staff will trust what you're telling them. And I think I think it's worth adding. I mean, it seems to be the takeaway from our conversation. In you know, you really do need to get good advice. So making quick decisions. I think a, a good example here is um, leave without pay. Um, which, which some business owners might be considering. Um, you know, th- there are there is documentation and certain protocols that you need to follow in that instance. You don't want to be in a position um, in four months' time where you've got an unfair dismissal case or, or something similar. Or I mean, or just doing the wrong thing by by your team. So making sure that you're actually following procedure. Another quick one I'll add in is um, if if people are working from home, which um, a lot of businesses are now, um, while they're I believe while they're um, at home, they, they still come under some of your uh, health and safety practices and other things um, within their home. So getting some uh, yeah. getting some good advice around that and putting, I mean, we've just added a new um, 
section to our to our handbook and contracts um, for team members. So there's definitely there's a lot to think about. Yeah, and, and that's particularly relevant at the moment with most uh, most businesses having people working from home where we're practical. Um, and certainly um, we're still probably stepping it up in this space. One of the one of the things that that might come in handy um, because there will be broad reaching WHS implications when when people end up with um, RSI or sore necks because they were sitting on the kitchen bar stool instead of a you know a proper chair and, and leaning over a laptop instead of a, a decent desk. So um, even and you can download these. I'm not saying that this will cover your business, so seek advice here. But you can download. Um, you know, working from home self-certification checklist and you can ask your staff to run through a checklist themselves at home and send that back in to say, you know, yeah, they've, they've looked at it and they do have an appropriate place to work. Um, you know, it's, these are all things. It's very, I'm sure look, there are experts out there and, and you should talk to them. It's, in, in my mind, this is a little bit rubbery, but what is crystal clear is we still have a WHS. Um, obligation to our staff, no matter where they work. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely yeah. definitely need to look into it. On, on on that point, everything we're talking about here, you know, you've gone into details on, on on every aspect of the business, but everything we're touching on, whether it's the financial, you know, financial viability of the business or, or the you know, work workplace health and safety, it's all about protecting the business during this time. So it's everything we're saying is okay. The bit, you know, business is the jewel. It's 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 what's gonna it's what it's what you, as business owners, our focus needs to be for the next six to 12 months and we need to be across all of these things. So, you know, we can take this business in, yeah, move, move this business down the timeline in 12 months' time and there's not going to be a, uh, you know, a, 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 an adverse claim against us because we didn't we didn't consider these types of things. So, um, yeah, protect, you know, my, my advice is just do everything you can to protect the, uh, the cash cow, which is your business. Um, you know, and, and take a long-term view of it, and uh, and uh, you know, really, really do everything you can to uh, uh, to navigate the next uh, six to twelve months uh, legally. Yeah, I, I I think that I think that's a, a nice place to sort of uh, close up here. I think that um, I think a lot of business owners are going to learn a lot through this period, but you know, um, across across all facets. But I think that you know we can come out of this stronger. So um, that's definitely the attitude I'm taking w- with my business, and um, you know, it's going to be in challenge, but uh, you know, challenges yeah. the challenges are fun sometimes. Exactly. No, thanks. Thanks for having us on. Beautiful guys. Well, uh, I appreciate your time and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, next time we'll catch up for a, a beer or a glass of wine over Skype. So exactly. Yes, we can't go fishing <laughs> virtually, sadly. No, no, that's right. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, Sam. Hi, Sam here again. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for Tim and Michael um, for making that time uh, rather impromptu on Friday to have a chat. Um, if you want to find out more about HD Capital, you can head to www.hdcapital.com.au. And, and like the boys said, if you've got any concerns around uh, your mortgage or, or lending um, or, or just want to um, chat to some consultants, then feel free to give them a buzz. I'm going to be rolling out a few more of these conversations over the coming weeks. Um, if you're interested to have a chat, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. And as usual, if you found this conversation interesting, please share it around your friends and colleagues. Well, everybody, please stay safe out there. We are living through pretty crazy times, but 
I think in these crazy times, we really start seeing some of that humanity shine through. So I've noticed it personally over the last few weeks and, um, and it continuing to do so. So yep, please stay safe and uh, we'll catch you next time. Cheers.